0: Good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Beis. Today's shir is Lilunishma's Chaim Tzvi ben Shmuel Meir, Esther Peser bas Yitzchak Halevi, and Yeshua Yitzchak ben Shol Ruven Halevi. May the Nashomaz have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Okay, we're up to the third line of Yud Beis Amud Aleph, 12a. Remember we were discussing partial fast days. I've got to admit I found this this stuff so far I think it's the most difficult we've had in uh tani's. I just found it very hard to tie it all together, but let's see how it goes. Rap says, Chizda mm-hmm. says any fast that the sun does not set on it does not count as a Tanis. Uh, if you don't fast till night, it's not considered a, it's not considered a fast. Um, up. What is so? Is this literally sunset? Because don't we generally fast till say Sakochavim, till nightfall? So that's also a bit of a discussion here. Um I'm sorry, one second. On that, he says, The men of the Mishmar fast and do not have to keep it. Remember, the men of the Mishmar is, remember, the Kohanim and the Leviim were divided into 24 different groups, and they would each serve, and the Kohanim would each serve a different week. So, Anche Mishmar means the Kohanim who are on duty that week. Now, they would fast. But they would not conclude the fast day, as we'll see later, because they need energy to do the avoid in the base amid. They need to be available with energy to do the in the base to, to the temple service. Therefore, they wouldn't complete their fast. But what we see, it's still considered a fast. So there's that Rav Khizna came along and said, well, any fast that you don't complete, you don't go till the night, does not count as a fast. We see clearly here that it does. So the Gemara says, no, There it's just to pain them a little, for them to suffer a little. That's their goal. I, The, the Anjay Mishmar, did not, their motivation was not to fast at all. Their motivation was to feel the shared uh, pain and suffering with the rest of the nation. Remember we saw yesterday's DAF, that even if you come from a place which isn't fasting, or uh, we said or oh, even if you ate or you forgot you must always share in the suffering of the community. So, if everyone's fasting, even though the Anshay Mishmar would not, so that they could be available for the temple service, they would still fast some of the day, so that they were suffering with the people. Um, and therefore, and that's what we don't mean when we say Tanis here. We don't mean a literal fast. We just mean the, uh, and we just mean that they wouldn't eat to let Tsaur and to afflict themselves bring another proof. Now just before we go into this, this is when the Jews, will see this later on in the Masechta, but basically when the Jews came up from Bavel and the, new second base was rebuilt, well the second base Hamidash was rebuilt, or the second base Hamidash was built, the uh, there, were, there was a shortage of wood and nine families stepped up to fulfill the need. And therefore they were each given the schus, the honor of once a year being their day to those families, their day to, or the descendants of those men who did it, to donate the wood to the base HaMikdash. And again, generally the wood would, they would go through their supplies by Seder, but these had this hus of, on that specific day of the year, they would um, get to offer the wood, and it was like a yomtif for those families, they would treat that day of the year. So, so the proof, so now we're going to prove that if you don't complete a fast, it still counts as a fast. He says, says, in the Rebbe Rebbe Tzadok said, Ani ben I'm from the descendants of Sinav ben Binyanim, one of these men who donated womb. And once Tisha B'Av fell out on Shabbos, and they pushed it off till after Shabbos. And we fasted, bo on that tenth on the Sunday, that's the 10th of Av. The law limo, but we didn't complete it. Why? Because it's our yom The tenth of the tenth of Av was when this family, Sinov Ben Binyari, would donate the wood, and they would have a Yontav. And therefore, when Tisha B'Av was pushed to the Sunday, they didn't fast the whole fast. But again, it says that they fasted, but they didn't complete. So we see you don't have to fast all the way for sunset to be a, for it to be considered a fast. So the Gemara is no. nami let There again, their motivation was to um, pain themselves, i so that they could suffer with the community. Um, again, since it was, versely, we'll have to say that it was a yom kippur that a, a tishba of that was pushed to the Sunday. Remember, as soon as the fast is pushed over, it's more lenient. So therefore, it's not so clear whether we would have done it on the actual Tisha B'Av, but since their festival was on the 10th and Tisha B'Av was pushed from the 9th to the 10th, then they finished early. They didn't fast the whole day. And again, their motivation wasn't really to fast. It was to combine because they had a Tov that they had to celebrate, but a special occasion, but that they got to bond it with the, but they wanted to share in the suffering of the community. Um, a very interesting point when are we discussing about what was the, What was this Yom for them? So on the surface, it was their opportunity to donate wood to the base Amigdash. So we're talking about when the base Amigdash was still standing. And what is what day are we discussing? Tisha B'Av. It seems from this Gomorrah, I mean, the other Gomorrahs that I think we had in like Rosh Hashanah and elsewhere that seem to contradict us. But it seems in this Gomorrah that they actually used to keep Tisha B'Av even during the second base Amigdash. Quite an amazing thought. It seems that they were, and I mean, we do see him in in there are references to this, but the second base was Amigdash uh, was not a, didn't reach its state of glory. Remember, there was no, uh, the Arun Kodesh wasn't there. It was hidden. And a few other things, a few other miracles were missing. So, so they still fasted Tisha B'av according to this. I thought that was uh, fascinating that they kept Tisha B'av mourning the destruction of the first temple when the second, while the second temple was built. But as I said, we've seen other sources that seem to imply otherwise. Um, and then, just an interesting point from here: the tour wants to bring from here that if, let's say, you have a family that has a bris Miller on the Sunday when Tisha B'av is pushed to the tenth. So the bal bris, that seems to be either the father or the sandek, or the moel. But the bal bris, he doesn't have to complete his fast. Well, there, there actually in Torah it says he doesn't have. He can wash himself. He can bathe. Again, remember you've got nine days without washing yourself, and now you have a bris, which is a yomtov. So this bab that's pushed to a Sunday he can eat on, he can, uh, doesn't say eat, it says he can bathe on it, and this gemara is one of the sources, we see when Tisha B'Av is pushed to the Sunday, and you have a special occasion, you can end the fast early for a special occasion Um, so that was another halacha that's brought from this gemara. Says Toshma. Okay, we'll try bring another proof. Again, remember, Abchizda says if you don't fast until sunset, it's not a fast. Or until nightfall, it's not a fast. So he says Toshma to Yochanan, at used to say, You know, I'm fasting until I get home. And what do we see? He says, Fasting, and you'd often get home before sunset. So we see, you can call it a a a partial fast. He says, no. No, that he was just doing to free himself from the Nasi. The Nazi is to come to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, come join us for lunch. Please join us. And for whatever reason, Rabbi Yochanan didn't want to eat with the base Nasi. So therefore, he would tell him, sorry, I'm fasting, and he would commit to himself to fast till he got home. So it was just a. It wasn't a fast. And no one ever is. No one ever took it as a fast. It was an excuse to get out of, of uh, having uh, lunch with the base Nasi. Okay. So now we haven't proved, we haven't rejected Raphihsda, and now we move on to. And it seems that it's taken as halacha. Again, what makes it tricky is how does that fit in with the discussion of a part, a partial day fast? We seem to learn yesterday that you can accept a partial fast. And then we brought Rav Gizda at the bottom of the previous daf that you're still not allowed to taste everything until evening and now we see Rav Gizda seems to reinforce that and say that you're not allowed to taste any fast that you don't fast until sunset is not considered a fast. So it's a big uh, how do you reconcile these sugyas or partial fast with this concept. I personally think the easiest way is to say is it a fast that's significant enough to say Anenu, the special bracha in Amida on. That's, I think, the easiest answer. But there are other ways that uh, that they are that they fit these sugyas together. And now we go on to a new point. Any tannis that you do not accept yourself on the day before does not count as a fast. I. You can't just wake up in the morning and like, oh, look, it's late, it's ten AM, I'm not so hungry, I'm gonna just push through till the end of the day, or I got caught up, we mentioned we discussed this a little bit yesterday. I got caught up in work and it's now already two PM, I might as well just fast till six PM and then I'll have gone the whole day with fasting. So it doesn't count as a fast unless you accepted it the day before. B e my ah oh, so what's the status if he did fast? So Amarav? shi he's bellows that are just full with air ah uh, he's uh he's it's, it's pointless he's uh, uh bellows are those you suck they suck in the air like a balloon and then you squeeze them out to you push them together to fan the fire um for the blackness he says it's he's uh he's like uh, he 's just filled with air instead of food he 's filled with air but there 's no difference it 's insubstantial and it 's no point um and there, it doesn't count any, it seems it doesn't count at any degree to a fast. That's at least the, the simple of Now just the interesting question that always comes up when we see this, like Shmuel says, you have to accept upon yourself a fast. And we know that it's a mitzvah to accept Shabbos early. And... These sort of things, when we say accept, is that in your mind and heart, Kabbalah believe, Or do you have to actually express it? And that, that's uh, that, that, that comes up throughout Shas. Toys um, for elsewhere say that it means even by thought. If you just think at, uh, in the afternoon, oh, tomorrow I'm going to fast, that's accepting a fast. If you... Busy running around Shabbos afternoon and you see, oh, it's uh, 6.15 and it's nearly candlelighting. I accept upon myself Shabbos. Just thinking it. You've accepted upon yourself Shabbos. Um, I remember when I was looking into these halachos. I know Shmira Shabbos Kehil Chosok comes out that you should actually say, I accept upon myself Shabbos. Just remember with Shabbos, there is shkia sunset, where Shabbos comes in automatically. But it's a mitzvah to accept at least a a few minutes extra to Shabbos. So that's what we're discussing, accepting Shabbos then. Again, I've never, I've never seen, I mean, I guess I haven't seen that many people that I would notice it, but I haven't seen people say, oh, I accept upon myself Shabbos now. We almost take for granted that you think in your mind, I accept upon myself Shabbos. But again, there are those opinions that say you must specifically say, I accept upon, that you're accepting Shabbos, and Shabbos starts for you Again, a few minutes before Shkia. Um, yeah, this, this would also apply about Tzadok. If you think in your mind, oh, I'm going to give 100 Rand to Tzadok or whatever it is, is that bonding? Is it an acceptance? Or do you have to uh, express it with your lips? Okay, Amos makablele. When do you accept the fast? So you have to accept the fast at least a day in advance. But when is this? so Rav Omar b'Mincha? Rav says at Mincha. Ushmul Omar b'Tfilas Mincha, and Shmuel says in the Tfila of Mincha. How Rashi learns is, Rav is saying any time in the afternoon. That's Rav's opinion. Any time in the afternoon. Interestingly enough, Rabbeinu Gershom adds that it should be a bit later in the afternoon, and. Yeah, and that's Rav. And Shmuel says, no, literally in the Amidah before, which was generally right at the end of the afternoon. Others learn Rav. When Rav says that you can accept the fast in Mincha, he's not saying Mincha. He's saying, unlike Shmuel who says that it has to be in the tefillah of Mincha, it can be any time before. Ah, you can do it long in advance. All Rav's really saying is that there's no set time as long as it's in advance. Where Shmuel comes along and says, but mincha, It has to be late, uh, it has to be in the afternoon, tfila before Mincha. Now, Rabbi Yosef says that Shmuel actually makes more sense. The Siv, the as it's written in Megillastanis. Remember, Megillastanis lists the days that at least, I mean, we learned up to now that during the second base of they kept as Yom Tov's, special occasions, that they would not fast on them so any person who says inish the any person who previously accepted on himself to fast now or now yeah it's quite a strange what's he doing Obvious if you many people they used to have the practice to accept a set of fasts, like a person would say, I'm going to fast 10 fasts for the next Monday, Thursday, or something like that, or I accept you know, some phrase like that 10 fasts. Now, what happens if it turns out so he's accepted this list of this 10 fasts, and it turns out that one of those fasts are on one of the special days of Megillus Titus that you're not supposed to fast? So it says here, Yes, sir. He should, it should be Osr for him, I he remains in a state of fasting. My love, Yeser atsmo B'tsalah, is not that he forbids himself in tefillah. Why does it emphasize anyone who has previously accepted a fast, Yeser, makes himself awesome. It sounds like it's saying he must re-accept the fast at the mimcha before the fast. I again, this that a few weeks ago, he accepted upon himself to fast, 10 fasts. And now it comes along and it turns out, wait, tomorrow, the Thursday that he's supposed to be fasting is actually a special day. He must still, sir, he must reaccept the fast in his tefillah, Shmuel. So the Gomorrah answers, Law yesar, sir, It just means that he must still keep the fast. Uh, you might have thought that the Yom Tov overrides his fast. Comes along with the Gemara and says, Yesar, no, he must still keep the fast. I, so th- again, the tricky point is this word, Yesar, is it going on that he must actively oiser himself? I like Shmuel, he must reaccept the fast? Or is it just saying that, Yesar, that's more, he must keep the fast. But obviously his acceptance that he did a few weeks ago is still a good acceptance. Again, the Mahloikes, Rav and Shmuel. Rav says, you must... You can accept the fast. It must be done at least the day before, the afternoon before, but it can be done any time earlier, well in advance, where Shmuel holds the actual acceptance has to be done the day before. It says, Pliqi Baha, Rebbi Chia, v'Rebbi Shimon Chia, and Rebbi Shimon Argue. Chad Omar Yesar, v'chad Omar Yesar. One says the text is, Yesar, he will prohibit, and one says the text is it is prohibited. Mand Omar Yesar, one who reads the word as Yesar Kedamrinan. As we explained, he must reaccept it. He will prohibit the fast on him. I he has to do Lakshmu and reaccept the fast on him in the Tfila of Mincha before the actual fast day. And the omar Yesar, and the one who says it is prohibited, my he, what is that? Um, what's that referring to? To Tanya as we learned in Megillat Taanis, called inish de oleo mikado matno yaisar, yai anyone who previously accepted a fast on him, it becomes osur. Awesome. Again, and now the fast overlaps. He says yochid shekibel olav shayni vechamishi. For example, someone who accepted to fast on a, on Monday and Thursday for the whole year, the ba yomim tovim atzubim Megillat Taanis. And then it happens that one of those Mondays or Thursdays that he had already accepted to fast are a Yomtev, Im Nidro Nitro If his neder precedes the Xera. Aye? if he took a neder to fast before the rabbis instituted that day as a special yomtev, Ya Vatel Nidro Es his vow. Cancels out the xaira. If, however, it had previously already been determined that that day would be a yom then that day the xaira cancels out his nedar. He doesn't fast. But we see, like Rav, that you don't have to accept the fast, the mincha before. That's the main point we bring in out here, um, from this phrase in Tanis again, it's an interesting one, because remember, any time a miracle, or a special event happened, they would accept themselves, to make that day a Yomtev, for the rest, um, going going into the future, kind of like Purim, when Purim happened, they accepted to make Purim, as a Yomtev, for future generations, for coming years, Um, and therefore, if someone, let's say, someone accepted upon themselves, to fast, every Monday and Thursday, and then Purim happened. Well, he would fast on Purim. I'm just giving using Purim as an example because that's one of the days of Magillas Tare that we're familiar with. Um, it's also one that it's surprising we keep even nowadays. So it's probably stronger. So maybe the rules would be a little bit different. But that would be the theory. Someone living at that time accepted to fast Monday and Thursdays, and then they instituted Purim. He wouldn't have to keep Purim. If, however, Purim was already decreed that the 14th of Adar is Purim, and then he accepted upon himself, you know what, I'm going to keep every Monday and Thursday as a fast day, and Purim turns out on Monday, what is he? He doesn't fast. He has to keep Purim. But again, we see that it didn't say anything about him re-accepting the fast, because once you've accepted the fast, the fast stands, even if it's well in advance, like Rav, like Rav. Okay. Next point. We mentioned that a person who's the Yechidim who accept these fasts or these light fasts, you only, you don't have to fast at night. You can eat and not. Until what time is he allowed to eat? So, Ajialo mm-hmm. Rebbe Lezer Omer Ad the says until dawn and Rebbe Elazar says until the rooster crows. I wasn't sure exactly which one's earlier, but I think the roosters crow... Bef- there, there are a few times they crow. We've seen this before, but I think that they crow before dawn. So Rebbe says, and Rebbe, we follow Rebbe, that you can eat until dawn. We're now just going to qualify. It says, Abai says, this is where he has not finished his meal. Ay, he's carried on eating throughout the now. But if he's finished his meal, then he's not allowed to eat further. Ay, so... If let's assume. Let's say there's a fast day tomorrow, and you finish supper, Then you're not allowed to eat anymore. If you carried on eating supper till well into the night, you just have to stop by dawn. But you can carry all the way, carry on all the way up until dawn. Acivay Rover challenged this. He says, If you finished eating, you can still, even if you stood up, I you got up from the table, and you had completely changed your, decided you're not going to eat anymore. You can carry on eating. So the moral answer, no, has some There is where you have not yet removed the table. I what how we qualifying rova this version is that as long as you consider you might eat, then you can carry on eating the whole night. You don't have to be actively involved in eating your meal. You just have to left left the table. Ah, you left your plate at the table and you left uh, you left your knife and fork there. That's fine. But if you've completely cleared the table, I've shown that you've definitely decided to not eat anymore, then you wouldn't be allowed to Omri, There's another version. The difference is, as long as you have not gone to sleep, but if you've gone to sleep, then you're not allowed to eat anymore. All right, so this is, now. now just think about this. I'm sure you've heard of a lot of people who get up early to eat breakfast, before the fast. Isn't that against this robber? Again, robber says you can eat the whole night as long as you haven't gone to sleep. Once you've gone to sleep, then you can't eat further. So how can you get up early? We'll get there soon. Says Eisivah a Challenge this. Says Yosheh for Ahmad, Oichel. Says if he went to sleep and he woke up, he can carry on eating. So the answer is no. misna Name. That's when he was dozing. HaEisivah Misna Name. What's the definition of dozing? So Amravashi nim veloy nim tir tir. He's uh, asleep but not asleep, awake but not awake. Oh, what's that? The Korulei Va'oni. You can if you call his name, he will answer you. Veloy yada adurei sfora, but he can't answer you something. He can't think out something. midkar. But when you remind him, he will remember. I don't know if exactly, but in my mind, it's like you know, you go to someone sleeping. You need something, you say, do you know where the, where the, where the X is? I don't know where something is. And they can't answer you. But if you ask, did you put this in the, in that room, then they can answer yes. They can't think out a thing, but they can respond, yes or no, that's the degree of dozing. So that would be, so comes out from this, that the aloha was, you definitely have to stop eating by dawn. What happens if you have gone to sleep, can you wake up early and eat? So on the surface you can't. However, Shulchan Aruch, they clarify that that's unless you had in mind to wake up and eat. So if you went to sleep without any intention to eat, and you had a proper sleep, it wasn't that you were just dozing, and then you woke up and you happened to wake up early, it seems you can't eat. But if you had in mind before you went to sleep that when you're going to wake up early and eat. Before dawn, then it's fine. You would be allowed to eat. Okay, Omar Rav Kahana, Rav, Rav Kahana said in the name of Rav, Tanis Ben and even an individual who accepts upon himself a fast is not allowed to wear shoes. It has the severities of a strict fast. Remember, we saw we saw earlier on in the Mishnah that we're going on. That the individuals who accept upon themselves to fast are allowed to wear shoes, they're allowed to bathe, they're allowed to eat the whole night. It doesn't have all the stringencies of a severe fast. Now we seem to be saying that a, a person who, like we've been learning on the previous Amud and a, the previous bit of Gomorrah, that private individuals can accept fasts on themselves. So if they do that, they're not allowed to wear shoes. It says, Now why? we concern that may be accepted upon himself a communal fast. Remember, what's a communal fast? A communal fast would be a fast with all the severities of Tisha B'Av. Um, I think what it's saying is, I didn't see this inside um, ex- explicitly, but I think what it's saying is, when a person accepts a fast, he might accept it with the stringencies of a communal fast. Not that he is accepting a communal fast. He can't do that. He's a private individual. But I think it's he accepts it with the stringencies of a communal fast. Aye, when he had in mind that he's not going to fast, he had in mind all those stringencies. So, it's, so how does he get out of this? How can he avoid accepting these stringencies? So should say as follows tomorrow I accept upon myself to fast a Tanis Yochid, a private individual's fast, and then it wouldn't have all those stringencies. Now this seems to be on a public fast. and According to Rashi, So Amalei Rabon Rav Sheishez said to Rav Sheishez, Rav Sheishez Rabbonin said I saw on a communal fast that the yeshiva students were walking around on the fast wearing their regular shoes. So Ikbir Rabshesh got very cross. But and he said to them, Dilma they have probably even eaten. Are they clearly not keeping the halachas of the fast? Never mind, they wear shoes, they probably also don't eat. Um, again, Rabshesh clearly holds that. it's a, it's a communal fast. It has all the stringencies like a communal fast, like that's in our mind, that would be similar to Tisha B'Av. And therefore, if they're not wearing, if they're wearing shoes, that's the equivalent of eating. They're not keeping the fast properly. Abayya and Rova would go in to Shul on a fast day. Kimasame Afonisa, just wearing, it seems, the leather upper. I don't know how that works, but they just wear the upper part of their shoe. Marema mazutra mahafli the Marema and Mazutra would switch their right shoe to their left foot and their left shoe to their right foot now both these opinions they're clearly holding you can wear shoes they're not following the requirement that you can't wear shoes but it seems that they would wear shoes in a strange way as a token measure to show that it's a communal fast now the question is, oh, but didn't Rabshesh clearly say that on not don't we know that on a communal fast you have to wear you're not allowed to wear shoes? So what's this that we saw? Firstly, um, what a Rava, Miraimar, Marzutra, all these sages clearly didn't hold by that. So he says, Rabbanan Debai Rabashi Novki ki Rabbonen, we'll see shortly. Rabunan the students of shiva on these fasts used to go with their normal shoes in the normal way. They'd wear leather shoes. No, because they held like we saw Shmuel um, in uh, yesterday's stuff Who said, There's no such thing as a communal fast in Bavel, except for Tisha B'Av. Aye? These, this is what Shmuel said, we saw it yesterday, that for whatever reason, I'll mention two reasons shortly, but for whatever reason, There's no communal fast in Babel. And therefore, even when they would accept upon themselves a communal fast, it's a communal fast uh, by name. Uh, That's binding on the whole community, but not to the same degree with all the stringencies of a communal fast. So we don't keep it like Tisha And therefore, you're allowed to wear leather shoes on a communal fast in Babel. Now, Rashi said, what's the reason? So Rashi says, the reason... um, Why is there no such thing as a communal fast in Babel? Because Babel never really desperately needed rain. And therefore there was no reason for a strict communal fast. And therefore the communal fast in Babel were always, let's call it, light fasts. However, there's a lot of questions on Rashi. First question is, okay, that's all very well for Babel. What about uh, other countries which do rely on rain? And if it's not raining, it's a drought and it's going to cause famine and starvation and um, all other difficulties. So that's the one question. It's, we, that halacha seems to be accepted all over the world. Why would it, it should be only limited to Babel that there's no communal fast? And a second question is that we'll see later on in the Mesechda, it's not the only calamity that we accept to fast upon ourselves. We will see later on, you accept upon yourself a fast for all calamities that are affecting the community. And therefore, just because Babel doesn't, um, doesn't need rain, they do have other requirements, uh, other reasons to fast. So that's why another answer given is what it means is that, this if I remember correctly, we said it was from the Ramban. He said, no, what it means is Babel's not allowed to institute communal fast. Because communal fasts have to come from an authoritative basin, I think a basin with was smicha. And there isn't such a thing in Babel. So they can't, they're not able to institute, make the gzerah of the public fast days. And that's why they go lenient. Did you want to ask something, Mervin? Okay. Amarav um, Yehuda, Amarav. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav. So now we're going on to a new point regarding uh, personal fasts. A person can borrow his fast and pay it back. Aye? If he wants, let's say he's supposed to fast tomorrow on Thursday, he can say, you know I'm not going to fast tomorrow. On Thursday I'll leave it for next week, Monday. He's allowed to do that. Um, I'll come back to discuss some points on it. When I said this before, Shmuel, is it a neder that he accepted upon himself that he has to pay it back? If he can, he should afflict himself, and if not, well, then he doesn't have to. Is Shmuel is saying he doesn't even have to pay it back if, for whatever reason, you couldn't fast then you don't have to pay it back. So So, what's the makhloikes? Here, Rav and Shmuel, if you don't fast on the day that you accepted to fast, do you have to pay it back? So first question we have to ask is, when is this? What degree of, uh, does there have to be, a, can you just decide, you wake up in the morning and say, oh, I don't feel like it. Or do you, there's, uh, so they are different opinions. Rashi says here, um, where was it? Oh, it wasn't Rashi, yeah. Others say that it's just if he has, like, we saw Yom Tov, a family celebration, a Bris Miller, you know, something like that. So he can't fast, he can push it off to another day. But it does seem there has to be some reason. You can't just say, I don't feel like it. There has to be some reason. And the question is, so now you had a good excuse, you had a reason to push off the fast. So... Do you have to pay it back? Rav says you do, you must fast on another day. And Shmuel says you don't have to. And there's an interesting math is in the Rishonim here is, is it, what happens, is it where you accept it to fast on a specific day? Let's say you say, I accept upon myself to fast tomorrow, on Thursday, the, what's that, the 21st of uh, Kislev, I think. I don't know the exact, but you accept upon yourself to fast on a specific day. Is that where, would you still have to make it up if you don't fast? So the Rambam says no. But as I say, you still have to. It's similar. It's declaring a far accepting upon yourself is more similar to giving Tzedakah. Which what happens if you say, I accept upon myself to give 100 Rand to Tzedakah? And you might even be thinking about a specific 100 Rand note that you have in your wallet. You don't have to give that money as Tzedakah. You can give any 100 Rand as Tzedakah. So, so to here with the fast, when you accept the fast, even if you're thinking or say a specific day, that's, the, that's irrelevant. The key thing is that you accept it upon yourself a fast, so you can fast at any time. Um, to omri. Others, there's a different version. Omer, Rav Yudha said in the name of Rav, a person can borrow a fast, but he has to pay it back. If you don't fast on the day you're supposed to, again, as we said, because you had a valid excuse, then you'd have to pay it back. Kiyom Risa Kamidu Shmuel, when I told him before Shmuel, he said, Pshita, loya yeheh ela neder. and neder, milo amatsi boi la shtumai, umeizu says, it's a neder. And how can he not pay back his neder, his vow? And therefore, obviously, you'd have to fast the next day or at a later date. So, according to the second version, both Rav and Shmuel hold you definitely have to make up the fast that you accepted upon yourself, but you had a valid excuse to miss. Okay, Rav Yeshua, braid Rav Iri Ikle Rav, Ravasi. Rav Yeshua went to visit the home of Ravasi, of Dulei Iglat Lilsa, and he made for himself this Iglat Lilsa. It's a discussion what exactly it is, but basically, it's a very fancy uh, prepared. Calf, or maybe we would say uh, I don't know, a Scotch fillet or a fancy steak, something like that. It says Omrulay, Lite why don't you have something to eat? Look, we've prepared this delicious meal. So Omrulay, yasivna. says, I'm sorry, I'm fasting. So Omrulay Mar velifra, Why don't you just borrow it, cancel your fast, and you'll fast another day. Says Oram Tanis Don't you hold like they said in the name of Rav Yehuda in the name of that Rav name of Rav, that if you can't you don't have to fast today and you can pay it back another day. So Omer lehu, Tanis A Chalom Hu says no it's a Tanis for a bad dream. V'Amar Rabba Bar Maxis Rabba Bar Maxis Omar Rav Chama Bar Guria Omar Rav Omar Rav Tanis The Chalom If someone's fasting because of a dream cashle nou oros it's like um flex to fu- it's like fire to flax. i uh, you have to do it the omara of christ the vor by omara says you have to do it on that day either day following your bad dream, and that's even if it's Shabbos, now generally, so this is a very, if someone has a terrible dream, we're not so particular with this nowadays, but if someone has a terrible dream, it's the aspect to fast a Tani's Chalom the next day, and it's to relieve the anxiety, um, however, it's generally, it's also too fast on Shabbos, but with the, the benefit of fasting a Tani's Chalom, outweighs that, and therefore, you should fast on Shabbos. The difficulty there is, ah, oh, but now you've transgressed fasting on Shabbos. Shabbos is supposed to be a day of enjoying yourself, eating nice food, etc. So, so what do you do? tanisa You keep a fast for a fast. I, because you fasted on Shabbos, you now have to do chuva by fasting another day. But a fast for a dream, you do even if it's, on, even if it's Shabbos. To get the benefit, and it's an important benefit, you, uh, you do it now. Um, you know, yeah, so that's just one interesting thing is, I said if someone, obviously you can't just decide, you know I accept it upon myself to fast tomorrow, you know what, I don't feel like it anymore, I'm going to fast another day. I said you have to have some level of excuse. Here we just hear that doesn't, I mean, from this sugi, it doesn't seem that there was an excuse. It says Rabbi Yeshua B'ravidi, Ikhlid Abay Ravasi, Rabbi Yeshua went to visit Ravasi and they gave him a delicious meal. And he, he said, I can't eat, I'm fasting. So they said, Why don't you just cancel your fast today and you'll fast another day? But what excuse did he have? Was it because it was Ikhlid it was a fancy meal? Or maybe you can say he was eating by the great sage, so having a meal with the great sage is a mitzvah in its own right I don't know but they, I mean the Gomorrah doesn't mention an excuse here it just mentions they said to him oh what a pity you're going to lose out on this delicious meal why don't you cancel your fast okay so that is um, the, the, the last duff and a half or so we've been discussing primarily the halachas of a, primarily of a person who accepts a fast upon himself now we're going back in the next mission back to the communal fast remember we started off that if it doesn't rain by Zion Cheshvan Yechidim Special individuals accept upon themselves fast days. Then he says if it doesn't rain by Yud Zion Cheshvan if I remember was it Yud Zion Cheshvan or Kislev? I don't remember. Um, If those days passed and there was no rain, then even the community started fast. Let me just confirm this. Yeah. So, oh sorry, if, this, if if rain hasn't come by the 17th of Geshvan, that's when the individuals start to fast. If Rosh Chodesh Kislev passes and it still hasn't rained, that's when Beisdin declared three fasts on the community. And now what happens if... If those three fasts have passed and it still hasn't rained, they haven't been answered. In, you see it's the language of they haven't been answered by Hashem, the whole idea of the fasting is to do tshuva and daven to Hashem so that He brings the rain. But they weren't So What do you do? Based in the Based in decrees, th- an additional three fasts in the community, but these, as we'll see, are stricter. You're only allowed to eat while it is still day. I, this is going to be a full fast that you fast the night and the day, similar to Tisha B'am. You're not allowed to work. And all the stringencies, uh, bathing, anointing, wearing shoes, and because of that, they would even lock the bathhouses. So we see this fast is much now, it's getting more similar to Tisha B'Av because it's gone up in severity. Over what happens if these three fasts pass and there's still no road? So Bezin, Geizrin, Alem, Od Sheva, bathing would decree another seven fasts. So now there have been 13 fasts. The first three, the second three, And now an additional seven. So that's 30 Vos. And these are stricter than the earlier ones. They also cry out. We'll discuss in the Mishnah. What does it mean? In the Gemara, what does it mean they cry out? They also lock the shops. But on Monday, they open the shops towards evening so that people can buy food. For the fast, and on the Thursday they actually leave them open the whole day, so because people need to get ready for Shabbos. Um, interestingly, Rashi, um, the 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 Rashi for this mission is printed a bit later, but the Rashi says, why do they close the shops? It's because it's uh, to stop people suffering when they walk past the shops and the stores, and there's all this food. Visible. So that's why they would close the shops. Um, what happens if these days would pass and there was no rain? They would limit their business deals. Building and planting. Getting married. They wouldn't even greet people. People the great disgrace. Before Hashem. Nisan pious individuals would part, fast until Nisan and Yotza Elu Yotza Nisan Vyodugashomim. If Nissan passes and then it rains, Simon Klala, that's a curse. Shinemar as it says, today is the harvest day, Ay it's Nisan time and Hasha. This was Shmuel rebuking B'nai Yisrael for the ink their badly motivated request for a king. He says as a punishment it's going to rain. Today, even though it's the harvest season, even though it's Nissan, but we see that Nissan is uh, when it starts to rain in Nissan, it's a curse. So this is the Seder of fast when it stops fasting. As we said, it's most relevant to Eretz Yisrael and their weather cycle. Um, but and each set of fast goes up in severity. It starts with just day fast, then it moves up to night fast, and the five restrictions and Melacha. And then it moves up the next seven or even stricter. Um, that they would masri and cry out, and they would even lock the shops. And then, if those fast, then they would uh, change their behavior to like a behavior of mourning. They wouldn't build things, plant things, have weddings, do business, etc., greet each other. Um, and then, if but by then, by those uh, lists fast, Thirteen fast, then they stop declaring public fast, and they just declare only individuals, special individuals would fast. We'll leave it there for today.